Welcome to Adversarial Learning. Adversarial Learning. Adversarial Learning. That close enough. Joel here. Welcome to another episode. Uh, we had an awesome guest scheduled for today, uh, and she had to cancel at the last minute. Something about a sarlacc, she said. Um, and so Andrew and I thought we would, you know, have a, a short conversation about the topics du jour, uh, namely free speech and Nazi punching, uh, and then throw that together with a few other short clips we have to make kind of a hodgepodge episode. But we ended up talking for almost an hour. Uh, so that just became its own episode, and uh, it's a little bit more political than we usually get, uh, but not that much more, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, and, and just your logistics details, if you want to find the podcast, uh, you can look for Adversarial Learning on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever, or we have a website at adversariallearning.com. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it's adversarial underscore L. And if you'd like to send us an email, it's adversarial.learning.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have some feedback or you want to write your own theme song and contribute it or anything. Um, so here's the episode. All right, Roland. Hey, so here's a, a bonus a little supplement where Andrew and I decided we were going to talk about uh, free speech as that's the topic of the day. And... Uh, I don't really know what it has to do with data science, but uh, well, it, it it does tie in with uh, with the, the the popular topics of ethics and data, and you know uh, what 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 it means to for a for people to to have a public and a private forum, and I think it it's it's relevant. And yeah, people talk about it also in regard to Twitter, and uh -huh. you know, all data scientists use Twitter, so that that's a tie-in as well. <laughs> Yeah, actually, there's yeah. There, there's one data scientist who who doesn't use Twitter. I was on a wow. I was on a panel with her um, at uh, so there's this organization called Metis, which is one of these data science boot camps, right? Yeah. Um, and actually, Metis was the name of the project I worked on at Google too. But um, so Metis opened a Seattle office, um, and Trey Trey Kazi, who's a friend of ours, uh, invited me to be or suggested me to be on the panel. So I was there with him and uh, Aaron Shellman, who's another friend of ours. And then they invited this uh, this fourth person, Claire Jaja, or Yaya, I don't know how to pronounce it, but, um, and she's a data scientist, and she has no Twitter. Um, Good for I, did, her. I didn't ask her about it, but then all the tweets promoting the event were like, uh, join us with at Joel Groose and at Aaron Shellman and at Trey Kazi and Claire Yaya. Yep, yep. But yeah, good for her for not having a Twitter. Uh, maybe I mean, she, maybe she'll I mean, hear this and sign up for one. But sure, we can send this to her. Um, she's a nice person. I liked her, but she had no Twitter. Yeah, I mean, so recently, since um, what December eighth or November eighth and uh, January twentieth, uh, there's been a lot of talk about, um, and also rolling up to that. 
lot of talk about who can say what in a public forum, who can say what on a privately owned company's website, uh, and also who can who can punch whom on the street, right? Yep. And it's been driving me a little nuts, so I'm interested to hear. So there, there's a there's a comic. What is it? I, he owns all the all the domains, but xkcd.com. Right. It's a comic um, where they draw stick figures. Yeah. Um, and it's xkcd.com uh, ID number one three five seven. It's called Free Speech. If you say it's the XKCD free speech cartoon, people will yeah. generally know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So when I read it, I read it long ago and I thought, yeah, it's, you know, it's right. Like that's, it's true. I, I mean, and, and I'm not a, I, I don't, I have not studied the first amendment. I have not studied the constitution. So just, just for the benefits of our listeners, um, Normally, it's bad form to read a cartoon, but here it's really just a stick figure lecturing you. So uh, it's fine to read it. You'll get the gist of it. Um, and so here's what the cartoon says. Public service announcement. The right to free speech means the government can't arrest you for what you say. It doesn't mean that anyone else has to listen to your bullshit or host you while you share it. The First Amendment doesn't shield you from criticism or consequences. If you're yelled at, boycotted, have your show canceled or get banned from an internet community, your free speech rights aren't being violated. It's just that the people listening think you're an asshole and they're showing you the door. And then the last one has a picture of a door. Yep. And the tool tip is, I can't remember where I heard this, but someone once said that defending a position by citing free speech is sort of the ultimate concession. You're saying that the most compelling thing you can say for your position is that, oh, it just disappeared. Shoot. Is that, oh, well. Uh, it's not it's literally not illegal to express. Right. So when I read this, it, so it, 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 it resonated, it sounded right. And, and I've been fascinated by the fact that you think this is a, this is a bad comic or that you disagree. So I'm, I, I'm really, I hate this comic. Um, and yeah. <laughs> in, in fact, on the basis of this comic, I hate XKCD as a concept. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, so, it's, it's, it's not a good comic. It, like People like it because it has like Linux jokes in it, and that's right. fine. Um, you, know, you, you know your audience. They like Linux jokes. Um, there are some, I mean, there are some funny ones. Uh, like uh, someone's wrong on the internet. That's a good one. Um, sure. Okay. I know, I know regular expressions. That's funny. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Wh- why, do, why do I hate this cartoon so much? Um, well, for starters, it, it does something very um, disingenuous, which is that it conflates free speech as a concept with the First Amendment to the Constitution. And so the First Amendment to the Constitution says, you know, Congress shall make no law regarding the right to free speech or freedom of assembly or, or a bunch of other things, right? Yeah. But free speech as a concept is actually something a lot broader than that, Right. When we say that free speech is, is something good, um, we're not saying it's in the Constitution, therefore it's good, right? Um, when, when the ACLU goes out there to defend free speech, on legal grounds they're defending it because it's in the Constitution. Um, but on philosophical grounds, um, it's not like the people wake up in the morning and think, gosh, if something's in the Constitution, I better go there and defend it. 
Yeah. Um, because in fact they don't. The, the ACLU is pretty wishy-washy on, for instance, gun rights, um, and on a lot of. Oh, I, th- I thought they were. I thought they were pretty pretty staunch defenders of the of the second. No, uh, they they have a nuanced view. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. They're they're not they're not as gung ho as say I am. Um, but but presumably, um, they go on to stick up for this stuff because they think free speech is an important concept. Uh, irrespective of what the Constitution says about it. Okay, so what you're what what I'm hearing is that there are there are two different sort of tracks of what free speech means. And one is the coded in in uh, on a piece of paper about what Congress can do, and then a a a shared understanding that we can say what we want. Uh, is that? I, I'm hesitant to even know. I mean, one of those things is not free speech. It's the First Amendment of the Constitution. Okay. Um, and it says some things about free speech. But when I say I believe in free speech, um, you know, what? even if I move to a different country where they didn't have our Constitution, um, you know, in Canada, they don't have a right to free speech. Um, but there are still people there who feel like free speech is something uh, important to be fought for, right? Okay. All right. Um, and, and so I'm one of those people. I think... Uh, the world is a better place when people feel free to say what they think. Um, yeah, and, and, it, and it's a worse place um, when people don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm reminded of the, the Freud quote about the first person who hurled an invective instead of a stone invented civilization. And I, I, I agree with that very strongly. Uh, but there, there are some interesting, um, there are some interesting side points to this, right? So, um, like one of these, you know, if you get banned from an internet community, your free speech rights aren't being violated. Well, yes and no, right? I mean, clearly, if Twitter decides they want to kick me off because they don't like my avatar, um, my First Amendment rights are not being violated. Twitter owes me nothing under the First Amendment. Right. right. At the same time, uh, I know people who have gotten suspended from Twitter. I know people who get shadow banned from Twitter. I know people whose tweets are being subtly hidden. And, you know, as data scientists, you know, uh, my new friend accepted, we use Twitter as a professional tool. Um, Without Twitter... You know, how am I going to learn about the newest deep learning library? How am I going to network? How am I going to meet people? How am I going to find my next job? I mean, not that I'm looking for a job. I'm not looking for a job. But uh, in theory, how am I going to find my next job? And, you know, it would be one thing if there were a somewhat bright line of policies where we say, you know what? On Twitter, the following things are not allowed. Um, And when people get suspended from the account, we point to that list and say, oops, he did, you know, number eight. And that's why he's gone. Sure. Um, here's how to avoid doing number eight. Don't do it. Sure. The, the problem being that people just vanish um, and we don't know why they vanish. Um, and, and so what but I that, tweet. That's a relatively new thing, right? That's it, for a long time. There was no banning. Uh, then there were blocking. Uh, there was a blocking blocking function. And uh, supposedly, I mean, we can assume you had to rack up a certain amount of uh, people block, uh, blocking you to be suspended. 
And I've been suspended on a parody account too. It's so, and, and the, the, the behavior that, that caused that, I believe is, you know, retweeting too much and being, you know, being blocked. And, and so I, I, I think, you know, there, there's some really, really you know, shadowy sort of, uh, uh, thresholds for that stuff. Sure. And, you know, I had a bot account. It was, it was the make great again bots. And what it would do is, you know, especially during the election, probably still now people would just tweet, you know, you know, make the Super Bowl great again and, and yeah. make, uh, Twitter great again and make, uh, I don't know what's topical anymore. Uh, <laughs> make Betsy DeVos great again. Nuclear yeah. war. Right. Uh, and so this bot would just find people who, uh, tweeted things like that and retweet them, you know, like maybe, uh, on the one a minute and yeah. I don't know. Anyone would have followed that bot account. Like, I don't want to see one of those retweets every minute. Um, but some people, some people did follow it. Um, some people argued with it. That was kind of funny. Um, but you know, it was a, it was a cute bot. It wasn't hurting anybody. Uh, and it got suspended. Um, and it turns out when it got suspended, uh, the reason was, well, that's my phone. Uh, I just got a phone call too. Okay. I just rejected the call. Let's see what happens. Um, I would still, still ring in my headphones. It's because I have Google Fi. <laughs> That's your problem right there. Yeah. So I have Google Fi. So now when my phone rings, it rings on my uh, headphones as well. Uh, and in your car and in the bathroom, I'm sure. That's great. Yeah. And uh, the phone didn't say so, but on the Google page, uh, on my Gmail page, it said it was my kid's school calling. So oh. uh, normally that would be like a reason to panic, but... Uh, my kid goes to kind of a weird school. And so usually if I get a call from them, it's just her calling me to say hi. Uh Um, Or maybe, maybe they're going to go to the store and buy candy and, and she didn't take any money. So she wants me to come bring her two bucks or something. All right. If, if they call again, we can, we can pause. It's fine. She doesn't eat candy. She has enough candy. Um, uh, Right. I lost my train of thought. You were saying that your bot got uh, suspended. Oh, it got suspended. Right. And then, uh, you know, I looked at the rules and it actually says um, retweeting, in an automated manner is prohibited. I didn't even know that, but it is. Um, And then it says exceptions may be made for accounts that provide some social good. Uh, Ah, cool. What does that mean? Right. Um, I don't know. And so I actually gave a talk at Twitter and I, and I sort of uh, ragged on them. There was this uh, Twitter developer meetup um, and I ragged on them a little bit uh, about how, they thought I wasn't providing a public service with that bot and suspended me. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, and that's a valid, that's a valid point. What's social good. And right. So the FCC has that kind of a, a remit also. And I've just got into ham radio and there's a similar remit that you need to, you know, needs to be for, for the public good. So what does that mean? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, so so back to the cartoon. So this, this cartoon is saying that if you say stuff that people don't like, that you should say, so, so boycotted and banned. That's that, that, that's, that's along the lines of what you're talking about. Um, and the question is like, who, who is the people listening and why do they have, and do are we okay with with their having 
the right to to decide who who should who should talk. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like this. Imagine that Twitter said, you know what, we want to ingratiate ourselves with President Trump. Uh, so from here on out, uh, if you tweet something critical of the president, uh, we're going to suspend your accounts. Um, yep. By the or, logic, or or vice versa, like if if you're uh, the daughter of the president, uh, we are not going to sell your shoes at Nordstrom. Yeah, that's not that's that's not a really free speech issue. Let's let's table that and, and okay. stick uh, with the Twitter example. So Twitter says, if you're critical of the president, uh, we're going to suspend your accounts. Yeah. According to this cartoon, um, your free speech rights aren't being violated. It's just that people think you're an asshole. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or conversely, if you are uh, if you have uh, praise for the president, you could be banned. Maybe. But... Right. I mean, that's, that's how it plays out in, in, in the current environment, right? Right. But th- so this is the second thing um, I don't like about this cartoon. Um, which is this undercurrent, and there's a little bit of mealy-mouthedness around what the people listening think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but there's this undercurrent of, uh, you know, if you get banned from somewhere, or if people boycott you, or if people don't like your show or whatever, it's because you're an asshole. Ah. And, and, and they're kicking you out because you're an asshole. Uh, if people don't like what you're saying, you're an asshole. Yeah. You asshole. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's what this cartoon says to me. It's yeah. Like, it's, hey, it's, it's a very rejecting cartoon. And, and there's, there's a real, uh, there's a real monoculture. Um, I would say around the fans of XKCD. There, um, the other people who, uh, they're like techie liberals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and so there's also another undercurrent here, which is that if techie liberals don't like what you have to say, because, because that's kind of who the message is going to, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they're not preaching this to fans of the cartoon. They're preaching this to, hey, fans of the cartoon, here's a cartoon you can show to people, right, who don't yeah. agree with you. So if you don't think the way that people who like this cartoon think – you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what the cartoon is saying, right? Yeah, I mean, um, and, and, and and relatedly, like there are there are there have been some some controversies about um, like even tech conferences. Uh, what was it, LambdaCon or something? So uh, somebody got banned from the conference because of uproar because of his views that were unrelated to his, you know, arguably like questionable speech. Um, so, so but, it's actually, it's a little more subtle than that. Um, the guy is, uh, Curtis Yarvin who mm. writes a bunch of stuff under the nom de plume Mencius mold bug. Mold bug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he doesn't write anymore, but for years he wrote a lot at great length. He was <laughs> I guess like, he learned uh, his lesson, right? No more writing. No, I, I don't even think, I don't think he learned a lesson. I think he yeah. just kind of ran out of stuff to say. Yeah. Um, very long-winded, uh, sometimes funny, sometimes tedious, 
Um, I've actually met him before, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and he's kind of a, so when people talk about neo reaction, uh, which they sometimes do, which is this idea that, you know what, maybe we should go back to having a monarchy because it would be better in a lot of ways and, and democracy is bad. Um, he's kind of one of the, uh, people who argued that point of view a lot yeah. anyway. And in his like 500,000, uh, plus words of stuff he wrote, um, there are some paragraphs that, uh, he probably shouldn't have written because they sound bad, especially out of context. Um, and they make him sound, uh, like a Nazi or a racist or whatever, uh, yep. which I don't know that he is, but, uh, out of context, they definitely make him, they definitely can be made to make him seem like one. Um, yeah. and so he sort of abandoned writing and started working on this project called Urbit, which I could not even begin to explain to you, but it's like some weird computery thing that, uses weird terminology and I couldn't tell you what it does. Um, like when I read about it, it, it kind of struck me as like, as like sideways as uh, brain fuck or something. As yeah. The, it's, uh, it's, it's either brilliant or it's like performance art. And, and sure. I, I can't see through the weeds to tell you which is which. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so strange loop is uh, this kind of programming language conference that happens in St. Louis every year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he applied to talk about urban at this conference uh, not this year, but I think a year back, 2015. Mm -hmm. um, and they did completely blind judging and they accepted his talk. Um, and then Twitter saw that they accepted his talk and they, uh, you know, the, the Twitter justice crowd got really uh, angry. Um, and they basically said, no platform for Moldbug, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And the people who run that conference kind of, uh, one, they're very sympathetic to the Twitter justice crowd um and so they kind of rolled over and just uninvited him and said sorry you're not welcome here um now that we know who you are our participants don't want you to be here um yeah. and i i thought it was a really poor decision on their part personally i i tweeted quite a lot about it at the time um yeah i saw that i i i don't support harassing people um I am great with conferences having codes of conduct uh, such that if you come to our conference, you may not harass people and make people uncomfortable. I think mm -hmm. that's great. Uh, I, uh, I go to conferences. I don't want to be harassed. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of, the premise there was that there were people who would feel uncomfortable just because he was there, even if he didn't do anything, mm -hmm. because they would know that he had written these 500,000 words, some of which uh, yeah. were, were awful. Yep. Uh, many of which were awful. Yep. Yep. And, and, and so that was kind of the thing. And it, it was Twitter. There's almost, up almost a parallel of, um, you know, can somebody be, I mean, not, not to go there, but is, can somebody be actually be, uh, rehabilitated in prison and sort of the, the stigma of uh, having been a convict in a previous life uh, stopping you from being able to move on. Yeah, I mean, I, if you were to talk to Mr. Uh, Mr. Yarvin, uh, <laughs> I think he would reject the rehabilitation frame. Uh, what sure. he would say is, look, you may not like what I wrote, but yeah. that's not what I'm coming here to talk about. 
I'm not going to talk about that. I'm coming here to talk about Urbit, and that's all I plan to talk about is yeah. Urbit. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, there's a different conference called LambdaConf, which is more of a, a functional programming uh, theme, and it's in the spring. And Yarvin applied again to that, got accepted, um, and people again freaked out. Uh, the difference being that the organizers of LambdaConf uh, sort of took a took a firm line and said, "You know what? We have this strong code of conduct. Um, we we won't accept him harassing anyone." Uh, and in fact, we're going to reach out to him and say, look, here's the rules. Um, you may come only if you like pinky swear that you will <laughs> not go off topic, will not make anyone uncomfortable, will not harass anybody, will not like yeah. do, will not talk about politics, will not do anything. Yeah. He said, fine, I'm coming to talk about Urbit. Um, so then they said, okay, you're in. A lot of people withdrew from the conference. Some people started their own rival conference in the same city on the nice. same weekend. Wow. Um, just to kind of like draw people. Uh, well, the charitable explanation is some people have already bought tickets. Let's give them something they can go to. Uh, um, yeah. uh, the less charitable explanation is let's try and like sabotage uh, this other conference by competing with it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't go to the conference, but from what I heard, he showed up, he talked about Urbit, he did not cause any problems. And then he went home. Right. Yeah. Um, and well, so so the thing, the, the issue is that I mean, it, it's I mean, it's it sounds like strong terms, but it's it's it sounds like the issue there is that uh, people took up pitch, pitchforks over a thing that somebody did uh, and then caused a lot of storm. And, and the problem is that, you know, it's, you know, like it's, a, it's who among us has not written something bad for one thing. And then uh, also like, what, why is it not okay for us to be able to, to like, why can't we tolerate somebody who has, um, I mean, uh, arguably, I deal with people every day who hold abhorrent views in my mind, and we're able to continue to do business. So, so why why are you able to host podcasts together, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I love my family, right? So, uh, so what what's the what's the what's the driver there? Why why is it so? Why is why is hot topic such a such a fun thing for people to get riled up about. So I would say a couple of things. One, um, have you ever held a pitchfork? I have. It feels good in your hands, right? <laughs> I mean, well, well, once you start like pitching hay for a long time, then you get tired and it doesn't feel good. But when you're holding it, sure. you, you feel ready, ready to go. powerful, right? Ready to go. Yep. You, can, you can pretend you're the devil and sure. all sorts of good stuff. Sure. I mean, any, any kind of weapon, if you, if you hold a firearm, that's good too. The, the second thing is that uh, Twitter and Facebook and all these things have given us easy ways to create mobs of like-minded people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go back to like, uh, you know, the year is 2000, right? 
I'm oh, angry. You'd I'm angry to, about you'd something. Have to, you'd have to buy uh, ad space on TV and in yeah. magazines. Yeah. Go door to door, pass out flyers. Yep. It's a lot of work, right? Sky um, skywriting, the whole bit. Yeah, and I I used to be like actually 2000 was kind of the height of when I was most politically active. And yeah, it was a pain. You had to like put up flyers in places and uh, go and like yell at people in person and yeah, hand out cards. Yeah, I mean, so yelling at clouds is hard if you don't have social media, right? Now you know, I oh shit, this guy I don't like is uh, is you know giving a talk on Hadoop at this meetup. Like already hard pass, but okay. Right. You know, let's, let's round up a mob. Okay. Yeah. I'll send a tweet. It gets two retweets. Now you have a thousand people who are all angry about, uh, this rogue Hadooper, yep. Hadoopist. What do you call a person who does Hadoop? Hadoopian? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that's the data engineer or maybe the data scientist type B, right? Uh, type B, right. Um, and, uh, and you know the mob goes to town. Uh, yeah. So, so I think that's that's a big part of the difference as well. Um, and you you see some tweets, not in this context, but in another context, kind of alluding to this, right? Like the internet was supposed to like bring us together, and instead, it's just made it so that everything you say is subject to the instant mob judgments. Yep, yep. And you know, there's something I've been discussing with my wife lately, and she disagrees with me. But um, you know the. All the all the platitudes about um, loving your neighbor and things like that. I really think the better the better stance is we'll tolerate our neighbors. And no offense to my neighbors, they're great, but I'm not. I don't have to love everybody 100%. It's uh, I let's tolerate each other, and uh, I with the understanding that we're going to disagree on a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I in my own house, I disagree with. Uh, with the three people that I live with uh, on a constant basis. And yet we still live together in, you know, relative peace. And I, I think that the, you know, the, the love thy neighbor thing kind of got abused a little bit. And it's really about just tolerating and, you know, being okay with people totally disagreeing with you. Yeah. Well, so there, there's a counterpoint. Um, and, and that's, I think what people have been up in arms about recently is where do you draw the line? You know, if someone, if someone thinks that I don't have the right to exist, um, or or they think I should be like run over with a bus, uh, how tolerant can I be of that belief? Yeah, that's a really, that's a very provocative point. And I've heard it a lot and I've talked about it at the grocery store with people and, um, and with what I said, which aisle? Oh, you know, at the, uh, the entryway and then at the uh, vegetable vegetable aisle. But I, know, I never talked to anyone at the grocery store. Uh, well, there's, you know, a, a mutual friend of ours I run into at Trader Joe once in a while. We've, we've uh, talked about this. I don't go to Trader Joe's. That's a problem. Yeah. Also, you live in northeast and southwest. But the so the I mean, the 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 prevailing wisdom is that if if someone someone doesn't think you should survive, that you should punch them in the face. Right. And that has been driven, driving me crazy uh, because I saw, I saw that guy, I'm not naming him because I don't want to give him a platform. Okay. I saw him get punched in the face. And yep. which, uh, every, which, which remix did you see? <laughs> I think I saw them all. Um, and I 
was I, I didn't I didn't think he shouldn't be punched in the face on principle, but I was uh, appalled and disgusted by the uh, by the the reaction of what you'd say is my people, like liberal people in Seattle and Portland and and all over the world about uh, street violence being the right thing to do right now, and it's important to do it. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's really, it's really, uh, gotten exaggerated a lot, uh, with, uh, folks, uh, starting fights in Berkeley and, and things like that. And I, I don't, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons that I don't think it's the right thing to do. And, um, and I, I'm not sure what to do with the fact that folks who are, you know, in their daily lives, uh, pacifists and believe in the rule of law, uh, all of a sudden saying, well, no, if they, if they, if you don't like their views, then you should punch them in the face on the street. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I have two, I have two thoughts on this. Um, one is similar to yours and that, am I going to lose sleep over the fact that that guy got punched in the face? Right. Uh, I am not. Um, <laughs> if anybody deserved it, I can think. I can think of a lot of people who deserve it more. Actually, sure. But, that's um, but nonetheless, I, I'm not like. It is not the greatest injustice in the world that no. that guy got punched in the face. Um, nonetheless, um, there there are two things that are, that are three things really. One, and this is a very uh, real politic way of thinking about it. Does punching that guy in the face accomplish what you want to accomplish? Yeah. Um, yep. It gets him a lot more attention. Um, it makes him sympathetic to people who don't know anything about the situation, more sympathetic than he would be otherwise. Um, so I, I think kind of... Put, tacti- him on, put him on cable news and in the newspapers. So I think tactically it's bad in that sense. Sure. Um, there's a second sense, and that's bad, uh, in which a lot of people are saying, look, you know... Uh, normally punching people is bad, um, <laughs> but punching Nazis is okay. Sure. Like that's, that's kind of, that's the Kantian rule that we're applying here. I don't know Kant, but you're sure. Oh, Kant is basically act on the maxim that you would have everyone act under. Ugh. Okay. So, so like pick a, pick a rule. And as long as you would wish everyone to act under that rule, that's the right rule to act. I don't under. think so, that scales, but okay. Uh, I mean, everyone, Look, everyone hates Kant, but uh, but the Kantian rule in this case is, you know, don't punch people except if they're Nazis. Okay, um, you know, some people are obvious Nazis. Uh, some people are not obvious Nazis, but a lot of people who are not obvious Nazis get called Nazis. Yeah. Um, so what's the bar to punching someone? Uh, do they need to be you know, wearing a swastika and have 1488 in their Twitter handle. Um, or if enough people call them a Nazi, does that mean it's fair game to punch them? Yeah. Um, things like that. So, or, or, I mean, yeah. And it, it goes to the point of like, if somebody believes that abortion should be available to women in America, that they are, uh, committing genocide and they should be punched. Yeah. I mean, the other, th- the, 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 the third thing is that, and, th- and I've seen this happening on Twitter just over the last week or so, um, is that 
the class of punchable people is growing, right? Oh, first well, it was really I haven't seen that, but I, I I was I was wondering about that. First it was let's punch Nazis. Then it was also let's punch people who don't think it's right to punch Nazis. Uh, okay. I have not seen that. What I did see was I, I, I mean, I jumped in maybe, uh, against better judgment on this topic and I got called a Nazi sympathizer twice in one day because I said, no, you shouldn't punch people on the street. Street violence is bad. Uh, and, uh, so to me that was shocking and it was also exhilarating, right? So I'm part of the problem. I'm, I'm one of the guys that's getting on there and, and shit posting and getting a kick out of it. But I was, I was, I was, I was, I was really amazed at how quickly, um, you know, the people that I, I view as, you know, reasonable people online who, you know, have a, have a, uh, you know, a, a code of, you know, civility, uh, all, all of a sudden told me, oh, get out of the way. You're, you're, you love Nazis. Uh, just because I said, yeah, maybe you shouldn't punch people. And I, but I haven't, I've not seen, um, I haven't seen that it's okay to punch people that don't want you to punch Nazis. So, um, there's this woman called, uh, Lexi Alexander. Uh huh. Um, she has 40,000 Twitter followers. Uh, if you use that as a proxy for, uh, it is and it isn't right. Um, it's a lot more than I have, but it's a lot less than, you know, know really famous people have. Sure. Um, uh, she's a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, and she tweeted uh, the other day, let's see, a couple days ago, we are done discussing if, not going to say his name, should get punched. We already decided people who oppose punching him should get punched. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so this is like the, uh, this is like the uh, free speech comic, but expanded. I get it. Okay. Um, and, and so that got retweeted into my feed and, and it sort of, uh, kept going from there. Yeah. I mean, my fundamental belief is that, uh, street violence is, is not the way to go. And, uh, you know, you're, you can't be the arbiter of how, how violence happens. Uh, you know, we already live in, in a place where state violence is, uh, legislated and, Already, that's a little much. So, I, I really am surprised these days by 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 the rhetoric. So, yeah. Uh, so, where does it go from here? I mean, are we are we on the way to street rights? Well, I I don't know. I mean, you know, I've heard. Of course, you you read the most provocative things online, and 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 uh, you know, the what I read recently that was, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's meaningful, but, uh, uh, Joseph Goebbels, uh, used to send people out in the streets and be provocative, uh, or to be provocative so that they would get beat up. And when they got beat up, he used that as propaganda about why we needed to clamp down harder on society. And to me that, that really reads well. And I, I, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure, not sure how to, how to talk about it because, uh, like I said, like when I, when I said, don't punch people in the face, I was called a Nazi sympathizer. Um, and it, that was surprising to me, but, 
It's also not surprising for extreme views to flip over to the, the other side and uh, sort of, you know, accomplish the same goal as what they want to fight against. Yeah, I uh, I don't like violence. I hope it. Uh, I hope it doesn't <laughs> end up being that. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't bought any firearms, but I did buy a ham radio. I haven't I haven't bought any firearms since the election. Mm-hmm. Have you bought ammo? Not not since the election either. Gotcha. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, you know. No answers. Yeah. So, uh, in the end, what, what's the summary? Free speech, good or bad? Uh, in in terms of the uh, First Amendment or or general? Uh, both. First Amendment, good or bad? I well, I mean, I I, I believe in uh, I believe in being able to say whatever you want and uh, keeping your your beliefs out of politics as far as uh, religious or anything. And then I also believe in people being able to talk and discuss things on a, you know, I mean, I, I, I personally think that diplomacy is the, is, is sort of the, the, the defense against actual war, uh, on the national level. And in this, in the same sense, I think that being able to say what you believe and, and, you know, tolerate listening to other beliefs is, is a, so, is so, a so let me ask you this to, to, br- to bring it back to, um, adversarial learning and make it sound topic. So I saw this right. tweet the other day, um, and it was a quote from a from a conference uh, from AnacondaCon. And Ugh. it said, "Good data science is always uh, political." I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, you know. No offense to I know I know that person, and no offense to that person. I think that um, I think that there is an excess of um, uh, what I think the, the the term is signaling. Uh, in the data science community these days, as far as uh, you know, making making what you do be a uh, positive force for good um, in a, in a way that you know it it does rule out other people um, because. Um, but those people are all Nazis, right? Right. That's that's the the problem I have is that uh, there's an understanding that we all. Uh, we all agree on everything, and I don't think that's. I mean, I think that's been proven false, uh, pretty obviously. <laughs> um, and also, um, how, who who decides what uh, what's good, what's you know what's what's ethical? The CEO. Yeah, I mean, uh, you mean uh, yeah, <laughs> CEO of Nordstrom. Right. I mean, if you work at Nordstrom, then the CEO of Nordstrom decides what's ethical. And if you work at Slack, the CEO of Slack decides what's ethical. Yeah. And if you work at, uh, you know, Twitter, the CEO of Twitter decides. What's... Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea that uh, that companies need to come to the forefront and and make their beliefs known. And I don't believe that people should have to fall in line inside a company. I think that it makes a lot of sense for people just to come and get a paycheck and then go home and then have their own beliefs outside the workplace. Can you imagine any circumstance where companies would like, you'd feel like they should be making their beliefs known? <sighs> companies. I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I, so I, I will say like, having said that, I, I think I have seen IBM 
go meet with uh, with uh, President Trump was a, a, a kind of a an echo of what they did in Germany, and I, I didn't like that. But, but I these also, days, these days they're all marketing, right? Uh, <laughs> no, they're all AI. Oh right. <laughs> I don't know. What do What do you think? Um, I actually. Um, I think it's fine um, and sometimes even good for companies to take stands um, as long as they're willing to live with the consequences. So if you're a CEO and you say, here's what our company is for and it's something political, like I don't have a problem with that uh, in the abstract. And and I think there are a lot of times where that's even commendable. Um, But at the same time, uh, you have to be careful because your employees and customers might have a problem with that, right? Right. I mean, I, I, so I mean, if, you, I, if you come out and you say, you know what, yeah. Applebee's is like, uh, Applebee's strongly supports the right to abortion. Um, they probably, I don't know if they do or not. I don't, I, not. I, I don't need an Applebee's, but um, I think that's fine. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, you, you'll have employees and customers who don't like that. And yeah. you just need to, incorporate that into your calculus you know maybe, maybe that's a stand worth taking maybe it's not but yeah it, does, it I mean, doesn't bug me uh, when you do so i'm i'm fine with that i'm fine with somebody who runs chick-fil-a saying uh we're not we don't like gay people i'm fine with the uh, somebody who bakes cakes in in uh in uh you know anywhere saying i i don't want to make gay wedding cakes i'm okay with that what I don't like is uh, trying to put that into code it into law. I also don't like if the employees who are in a, a weaker position than the people who own the company being affected or you know coerced into agreeing with that. So, so let me ask you this: um, you know uh, the pin board guy, right? Not, no, not really. Okay, I ignore so, that. Okay, so pin board is uh, it's like delicious. It's a social bookmarking site um, and. Yeah, which I've always wondered why that's a political thing now, because it, it always felt like Pinterest or something like that. Well, no, it, it's a political thing because it's a, it's a one-person company, and oh. that one person is political. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I, I won't try and pronounce his name because I can't. But, yeah, he, he he's, he's funny on Twitter, and he's also very political on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And in particular, his latest thing is he's really trying to unionize all the big uh, tech companies. Uh, good luck <laughs> okay. with that. Um, sure. But... He's also, um, so Shopify is some kind of like, uh, online store running sites. Uh-huh. So if you, if you want to put an online store on your website and sell, you know, like coffee mugs with like your company name on or, or something, yeah. um, company values, here's our eight company values on a mug, you know, move fast, uh, be customer focused, all that uh, stuff. Transparency. Yeah. Yeah. Transparency, coffee mugs. <laughs> In every way. <laughs> um, you, you Shopify. Um, sure. And so apparently Shopify powers the Breitbart.com uh, uh, site. Not supposed to do that. And so I, I actually have no idea what Breitbart.com sells. Coffee mugs probably. Maybe t-shirts. <laughs> I think they sell a lot more than that, but uh, it's more conceptual. Um, right. But in terms of their Shopify store. Okay. Um, and, and so there's a big push like, you know what? Like those guys are um, – they're, they're Nazis, right? So Shopify should not be doing business with them. Um, and, That's and the, like what I said about IBM, right? Right. Uh, yeah, kind of. Except that IBM, you were talking about meeting with the government. 
Breitbart is just a website. Okay. Um, and so the CEO of Shopify, who I guess is Canadian, um, then all bets are off. It's, this he, is moot. Well, right, but he wrote a he wrote a medium post uh, as uh, as one is wont to do these days. Sure. Um, if you got an idea, write a medium post, um, saying that look, he doesn't like Breitbart. Um, he would love it if Breitbart were to cancel their service. Uh, but basically, he's not going to do political litmus tests for his customers. Uh -huh. um, and as long as his customers are not breaking the law, um, he's not going to fire them as customers. And yeah. people got very upset about this. And they said, look, you know, you have... Uh, this well, is Shopify or Shopify. Pinboard? Okay, got it. Pinboard is like a one-guy website. Shopify is like a many-person company with like lots of revenue and stuff. Um, as I said, look, you know, you, you have a clause about pornography or something, so clearly you're rejecting some things that aren't, that, that are legal. That's one thing. Um, and second, you know, you know, you owe it to us or, you know, as a good person, you should not be doing business with these people. So the thing that I thought was really interesting was like, what is the analogy with the, the baker, right? Um, because on one hand you've got the baker and you say, you know what, no matter how you feel about that customer, you are obligated to serve them, right? You are obligated to make them that cake. Yeah. And then at the same time, you're saying to this other guy, you know what? Given how we feel about that customer, you're kind of obligated not to do business with them. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is there a dividing line? Is it inconsistent for people to sort of believe both those things at the same time? Well, I, so to me, it comes down to I think that, um, you know, it, Nobody has a real, you know, hard and fast line. There's actually no moral uh, boundaries that anybody believes in, and everybody just sort of shifts the goalposts wherever they want them. Um, and it's, you know, it's not a, yeah, it's absolutely not as as simple as people want it to be. So anyway, uh, last I heard, and I'm not following the story closely, but I, you know, I see tweets on it. Um, Breitbart still has a Shopify store, but mm. like I said, I don't know what they sell there. So <laughs> maybe hats, hats, mugs, liberal tier mugs. That could be good. Probably. Well, it sounds like my family got home from the doctor. So yeah, I'm going to check my voicemail and make sure that the calling this wasn't to tell me that like my kid's on fire or something. All right, man. Okay. Well, this was a, this was supposed to be a, a short conversation, but it turned into like an hour long episode. So that's yeah. good, I guess. Yeah. Nice chatting with you. And, and I got to complain about uh, my least favorite cartoon, uh, which is <laughs> it's always a good time. Yeah. All, All right. right. So okay, next time, next time I think we'll have like real guests uh, and it won't be us. Uh, yeah. Shooting the shit. Unless we get like the most downloads ever with this episode, in which case maybe we'll do it again. Sure. Sure. Okay. Take care. Okay, and don't forget to share the podcast with your friends, adversariallearning.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, adversarial underscore L, uh, and drop us a note if you have any feedback, adversarial.learning.podcast at gmail.com. Talk to you next time.